coming up, the latest on the Trump indictment. This is becoming a huge embarrassment for the Democrats, not for Trump. Trump is benefiting from this whole fiasco. But this confirms what Trump has been saying all along, what we've all been saying. These investigations are a complete farce. This is a hoax. This is made up. Even the media is forced to admit these Alvin Bragg charges, if they ever are brought against Trump, are just completely fabricated. They're a misdemeanor. Their campaign finance, they're not even a misdemeanor. And it, Trump wins. This is a win-win. Either way, now they're thinking maybe they won't indict after all. Trump, remember, he said, I'm going to get arrested any day now. And then now he made he flipped the script on Alvin Bragg. And now it makes it look as though Alvin Bragg is having second thoughts. And it's pretty fascinating. If Trump get, gets indicted, then he's a martyr and it galvanizes the base. If Trump does not get indicted, then Alvin Bragg walks away with his tail between his legs. And the Democrats, that's an exoneration. Oh, well, we have no charges against Trump after all. Meanwhile, Biden is the most corrupt U.S. president, perhaps in our history. And yet, of course, Biden's never going to get indicted. Plus, coming up, Iran has killed an American defense contractor in Syria, an American military contractor has been assassinated in Syria by Iran. And is anybody even discussing this? Does anybody think that Biden's going to retaliate? Meanwhile, the Israelis are getting ready to possibly strike Iran's nuclear sites. We will tell you all the details coming up. The Babylon Bee, this is, you can't make this stuff up. The Babylon Bee, the satire newspaper, their headlines keep coming true. Babylon Bee headlines keep coming true. We'll give you a couple of examples, but it's satire. This is satire, and this shows you how ludicrous the world has become where Babylon, we've shown you a few of these ourselves, they've listed 100. Babylon B has counted 100 of their headlines over recent years that have actually come true. You can't make this stuff up. So here are a few. Quote, to improve public perception, Kamala Harris takes likability lessons from Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, the, 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 the satire here is obvious that Hillary Clinton, who on earth would take likability lessons from Hillary, the, the least liked politician other than Kamala in U.S. history. And uh, the, the, this was the headline in July 2021 to, to improve public perception, Kamala taking likability lessons from Hillary Clinton. A month later, Axios reported that a former Clinton advisor hosted a dinner with prominent Democratic women, including Clinton's former spokeswoman, to discuss how Kamala Harris uh, had to defend from bad media coverage. So basically Kamala taking uh, likability lessons from Hillary, or at least from Hillary's advisors. Then in September 2022, Babylon B made fun of the economy. Uh, nine reasons not to worry about the tanking economy. Remember, then things were already tanking under Biden. So that's in, the, in this past September. Nine reasons not to worry about the tanking economy. Then literally two days later, the Washington Post published the headline, quote, seven ways a recession could be good for you financially. So Babylon B saying, hey, you don't have to worry about the economy as a joke, the economy tanking. And then Washington Post, seven ways that a recession could be good for you financially. It's almost as though the Washington Post is like checking out the Babylon B before they put out their actual headlines. Maybe nobody told the Washington Post that it's satire. Then this past February, we actually told you about this when that whole uh, Chinese spy balloon fiasco was going on. Quote, Biden says he'll shoot down Chinese spy balloon as soon as, as he's done letting it spy. And literally Biden announced that the next day he said, yeah, you know, it crossed over the entire, entire United States. It went it left the mainland. It is over the ocean again. So now we could shoot it down because there won't be any debris. No debris will fall. He didn't say because the Chinese have given me millions of dollars and given Hunter Biden millions of dollars. So I don't want to shoot down their balloon. I want to show my gratitude. He said, well, it's not over civilian territory, but Babylon B was correct. 
once again. All right, speaking of China, President Xi, of course, had this meeting with Putin, which we told you about. This should frighten all of us. Again, I don't want to be alarmist. I don't want to be too negative, but I also don't want to stick my head in the sand. The two most dangerous enemies of the U.S. are now buddy-buddy, and we know what they were talking. Xi and Putin had this meeting, and then they came out, and President Xi, you know, they didn't discuss a lot publicly. We know what they were discussing, okay? They weren't discussing the World Baseball Classic. They weren't discussing Alvin Bragg, okay? They were discuss- They were planning some sort of attack or some sort of strategy to weaken the United States, which they're already doing. President Xi came out and he said, we have not had an opportunity like this in over 100 years. So what's he referencing there? What happened 100 years ago? It was, you know, the, the basically between World War One and World War Two, and they're forming this axis of evil is what's happening. And, 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 and the Chinese right now are the strongest, both militarily and and economically, the strongest country on the planet, more than a country, an empire. And they're forming this alliance with Saudi Arabia, I believe with Brazil, with Russia, with Iran. I mean, this is just terrifying. And uh, right, they know that now's the, now is the time to strike because they know the United States is as vulnerable as it's ever going to be with Biden in control or lack thereof. Meanwhile, you got North Korea launching test missiles. You have Iran weeks away from a nuclear weapon. So there is like so much instability. You know, I mean, as somebody said on the radio, the world is on fire. You know, under Trump, we had four years of peace and stability. We did not have these kind of threats. Trump, the warmonger, remember Trump, the warmonger, Trump, the man who's going to get us into World War Three. And yet there was peace and stability. Why? Because they knew that Trump was strong. They knew that Trump would fight back, that Trump would retaliate, and they were terrified. These countries were terrified of Trump. They walk all over Biden. Biden's a doormat, and they're not afraid one bit. And he's reaffirmed that he's not going to strike back and retaliate because he's not retaliating. He never retaliates. He just threatens. That's that's all Biden does. Even his threats are weak, but that's the most you're going to get. So, you know, when remember when Trump killed al-Baghdadi? Remember when Trump killed al-Baghdadi in that Iraqi Air Force base? And, the, you know, the, the, the lead Iranian terrorist, the head of the Iranian terrorists. And uh, Trump at that moment showed the world that if you mess with the United States, you will pay dearly. We, we, we will take you down. And what happened? The Democrats slammed Trump. The Democrats, rather than praising Trump, because remember, the, your enemy's enemy is your friend. That's how the, the Democrats operate. So China, they defend China. They defend China on COVID. Why? And, and on tariffs, because Trump didn't like China. So even though Trump is 100% right, if Trump doesn't like them, that, that, that's so irrational. That's Trump derangement syndrome. So they slammed Trump. Trump literally assassinated the most dangerous terrorist on the planet and in doing so made the United States much stronger than it was the day before. And yet they slammed Trump. But hey, at least we don't have nasty tweets. Yes, there was four years of peace and stability. Got other America was strong. Other countries were weak. America first. But no nasty tweet. There are no nasty tweets. There are no mean tweets anymore. So isn't that a relief? All right. So the Iranians killed. There was an Iranian drone strike in Syria and they killed an American defense contractor. Nobody's talking about this. They're too busy with Alvin Bragg. They're too busy with all the nonsense and wounded five U.S. service members. Okay, an Iranian, I repeat, an Iranian drone strike, a rocket attack, killed an American defense contractor, wounded five U.S. service members. Hello, act of war. Okay, the the Iranians have attacked the U.S. military in Syria and killed a defense contractor, tragically, and the story's been buried. And where's the retaliation? Does anybody believe that Biden's going to retaliate? I mean, is Iran frightened right now of revenge 
by Biden. No. I mean, so far, there's been a warning. Very nice. That is very courageous of Biden to issue a warning. Even the warning, like I said, it's not even a frightening warning. <laughs> but uh, Biden can't even do a warning right. I'm sure the Ayatollah right now is quaking with fear. Let's see. Biden made comments. He prefaced by saying that he ordered airstrikes against, you know, targeting those responsible for attacking American personnel. Oh, boy. Wow. Quote, to make no mistake, the United States does not seek conflict with Iran, but be prepared for us to act forcefully to protect our people. He's always talking about how we don't seek conflict. We don't seek conflict. We don't want conflict. He said that to China lots of times. We don't want conflict. That's the message. You know, Trump never said that. Trump didn't didn't preface by saying we don't want conflict because right there you're showing your weakness. You're literally you're qualifying. Listen, what I'm about to say, I'm threatening. Why? Because I have to go through the motions because I need to say that I'm threatening. I need to threaten retaliation. But let me start by saying, listen, I don't want conflict. That's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to have them guessing about whether you want conflict or not. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sadly, conflict is necessary. You know, Reagan never said, I don't want conflict. He said conflict is a last resort, but conflict was on the table. So this was literally a rocket attack, you know, that happened on Friday. Let's see if there's any kind of real retaliation. Don't hold your breath. Senator Rand Paul says that Alvin Bragg should be placed in jail for abuse of prosecutorial power. Alvin Bragg is evil. I mean, I, he's an evil person. He, you, you, you allow criminals to run rampant and control. New York City is the Wild West. And you go and uh, threaten. You have this grand jury convening and threatening to indict Trump over uh, some kind of misdemeanor, which never happened, which even if it did happen is a federal crime, which Cy Vance, the previous prosecutor, decided I'm not going to prosecute because there's no charges here. And by the way, the statute of limitations has expired. And at most, it's a misdemeanor anyway. It's just unbelievable. It's purely political. And, and, and not just Rand Paul, but Governor Andrew Cuomo. Yes, Andrew Cuomo actually slammed Alvin Bragg. That tells you everything you need to know. Andrew Cuomo says this, a, this is a political prosecution. You think? Here's what he said, quote, I don't believe a Democratic prosecutor just happens to be attacking a Republican. I don't believe a Republican prosecutor just happens to be attacking a Democrat. I think it's all politics, and I think that's what the people of this country are saying. And quote, that's Governor Andrew Cuomo, okay, blasting Bragg. Now he qu- qualifies it. He, like, equates the two. I, Democrats are doing it to Republicans. Republican prosecutors are doing it to Democrats. So his point is that it's political. What, what's he talking about? What, which Republican prosecutor is uh, char- is indicting a Democrat with anything, okay? And the Republicans were in charge and could have uh, uh, indicted Obama's people, Biden, Comey, Andrew McCabe, they didn't, okay, when when when, it, when when A.G. Barr was in charge. And, I mean, John Durham, that whole ter- thing turned out to be just a complete, complete total letdown, which we kind of were worried would happen and kind of warned you would happen because they never prosecute Democrats, only Republicans. So it doesn't work both ways. And, by the way, newsflash, the Republicans are in control of the House. That means they could impeach Biden the way the Democrats impeached Trump twice over nothing. Biden, there actually are impeachable offenses, including bribery. And yet I don't see anybody jumping to to impeach Biden. So sorry, Andrew Cuomo doesn't work both ways. And here's what bothers me is that Republicans, I'm talking about Republicans now for a moment, those who are like outraged over Trump's antics, right, over the mean tweets. And uh, he put out this picture, uh, Trump, uh, I guess he posted it on social media of like himself with a baseball bat uh, attacking a picture of Alvin Bragg. And oh, people are up in arms having a meltdown. Oh, look at this Trump. So here's what bothers me, because let's even assume that you I don't even have a problem. I don't have a problem. Like I said, Alvin Bragg is evil. Do I have a problem that 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 Trump is posting a picture of himself with a baseball bat? Look at what Alvin Bragg is doing to him. 
But let's even assume so like the, these things don't bother me. It's a distraction. Like this is like it's just it's just nonsense. It's 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 kindergarten stuff. It's stuff that happens in the sandbox. Like, oh no, look at that child, you know, attacking the other one with a shovel. Like who who cares? Now you say, well, but he but he's Trump. He's supposed to be above that. He was the president that yada yada. I, I, I just don't care. Like I'm just not getting focused on things that have no substance that are just irrelevant. But some people it bothers them, okay? And let's even say it bothers you. Here's where your priorities are all messed up because it shouldn't bother you nearly as much as all the things that Biden does and all the things that the Democrats do that are really, really evil. So, like, even if it does bother you, like, it's just it's just noise. It's just clutter. It's just it, it, it is nonsense. It's totally, totally in the scheme of things. It is just completely, completely trivial trivialities, just just details that you should never, ever get focused on. And I'll explain what I mean by this. You know, somebody the other day sent me this picture of. Trump attacking the picture of Alvin Bragg, right? And he said, oh, you know, he says, this is the guy that you want to be president, right? He says to me, this is the man that you want to be president. And like I said, it doesn't even bother. The answer is yes, yes, this is the man that I want to be president. Yes, he because he did so many good things for the country. But um, But it's very simple, you know. Why is that the thing that you're focused on, right? And was, why don't you say that about Biden? Biden allowed China to kill millions of people with a virus, has not retaliated. Biden allows terrorists to cross the southern border, allows fentanyl to cross the southern border. Overdoses on fentanyl are at the highest they've ever been. That is Biden. Biden has allowed, I mean, crime is rampant. That is very much in large part because of Biden. So Biden is a really, really bad guy. Like you could literally attribute thousands of deaths and maybe more to Biden, not to mention people living in squalor and very, very bad low income conditions, the, you know, the, the detainees at the border, asylum seekers or whatever they call them, illegals and everything else. So uh, Biden is very, very bad. OK, babies are literally malnourished because of the baby formula shortage. They were. A- and yet nobody sends me a picture of Biden doing all these things saying this is this is the man that should be president. Like all the evil things that Biden does, why are people so superficial? They see Trump holding a baseball bat and like that's the thing that sets them off. But like Biden is literally one of the most evil presidents we ever had. I'm not, that's not hyperbole. I tend to sometimes be guilty of using hyperbole. That's actually fact that that Biden is one of the most corrupt and evil presidents and literally tens of thousands of deaths are attributable to him easily when you think about fentanyl and terrorists crossing the border and everything else, okay? But oh, Trump is holding a baseball bat. This is the man you want for president. Putting that aside, Here's the real point is, who do you want? I've responded to this person. I said, if it's between Trump and Biden, who do you want? You really want Biden? Like, you know, it's so easy to say, oh, this is the guy you want. You want this guy with the baseball bat? First of all, yes. Second of all, who do you want for president? So I always say, I'll tell you, you want Nikki Haley? You want to give me Mike Pompeo? You want to give me Mike Pence? You want to give me DeSantis? You want to give me Rubio? Who do you want to give me? I'll take any of them. I will gladly take Mike Pompeo in a heartbeat. I will take Nikki Haley in a heartbeat. Okay, anybody but a Democrat. So, like, that's the thing is, like, you're having this conversation. They they frame the question all wrong. You want Trump? You don't want Trump? It's like, do I want a red tie or do I want a blue tie? It's like such a silly conversation because what are you what's your debate here? And the only other option is if you're telling me, listen, I think Trump is not electable. This is the only when anyone, everyone, whenever any Republican, whenever any Republican says to me, Trump, you think Trump is good? You think Trump? It, it, and I don't even I'm not even sure sometimes these people, they claim to be Republicans because they're worried uh, uh, the, the circles they're in. They they know that they need to be Republican. Then they start bashing Trump. And I kind of question what their allegiance is after all. But 
Here's the thing. Uh, the only thing you can tell me is, listen, Trump's not electable. Again, I don't agree with that for a moment. I, these things are so unpredictable. I understand the negatives. I get it that you think Trump has negatives, that you could be so certain that if Trump and already, by the way, people have such short memories, they're already forgetting all the negatives because Trump's numbers, at least in the Republican Party, just keep going up. But that's the only thing, you know, so to me, remember in 2016, Hillary was a shoe in to win. And they said no Republican could beat Hillary. And I honestly believe that Trump was the only one. And remember, they said, oh, Trump has so many negatives. I think he was the only one who actually could have taken down Hillary, which is exactly what happened. And speaking of the polls, you got a new. And by the way, I think Trump's going to win the, the primary anyway. So it's a moot point. But new Monmouth poll. Trump continues to surge. By the way, DeSantis, DeSantis, he's actually dropping in the polls. And I'm a big fan of DeSantis. I don't want to knock DeSantis. But it's just interesting to me how he cannot gain any traction because Trump now has decided to target DeSantis. And, uh, you know, it's good. I, 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 like I almost see it as becoming another Jeb Bush situation. I'm not comparing DeSantis to Jeb Bush. I like DeSantis. I think DeSantis would be a great president. I want to be clear here. I'm just very curious how this all plays out. But a Monmouth poll, and it literally compares month to month. So very interesting how Trump's numbers are rising. I'll give you some trends over here. Trump in this Monmouth poll is up. 41%, DeSantis, 27%, and the next closest, Nikki Haley, 3%. And then Cruz, Paul, Pence, whatever, 1%. It's just it's just a bloodbath. You have Trump at, at, at the lead and nobody else even close. And and Trump is up. In February, same poll, had Trump at 33, DeSantis at 33. Uh, in December, Trump 26 and DeSantis 39. Now suddenly you have Trump 41%, DeSantis 27%. Trump is holding rallies again. This indictment stuff has obviously helped Trump. Trump is back in the headlines again. Anything could happen. I could be totally wrong. DeSantis could win. Maybe some other dark horse candidate comes out. It's way too early to know. DeSantis hasn't even entered the race yet. DeSantis is not even officially running yet. So anything could happen. But it's pretty fascinating. There's been a chemical spill in the Delaware River. (laughs) Unbelievable. Residents of Philadelphia. Again, is this Biden's fault? Biden actually it lives in Delaware, but this is in Philadelphia, which is the Delaware River. But uh, this stuff didn't happen under Trump. I'm not blaming Biden for the chemical spill, but it's a little bizarre. East Palestine and all of that. But um, residents of Philadelphia, here's what I find interesting, is that the government is telling people who live in Philadelphia, you may want to drink bottled water, but you're still okay for now. And they're basically saying that Monday morning, which is when I'm recording this, you're still okay, and then soon you're going to have to stop drinking. And I say, get away from the water. I wouldn't go anywhere near this water. I wouldn't trust the government for a second. I wouldn't do my laundry in this water. Here's what happened. A leak late Friday evening at a chemical facility. This is serious stuff. I don't mean to make light of this. Spilled between 8,000 and 12,000 gallons of a latex finishing solution into the river. And this is a chemical which may be toxic. So officials say it's non-toxic to humans, and there are no known adverse health effects reported in this county where it happened. But was it Bristol County? I don't know. But like, are you serious? You could actually trust the government when thousands of chemical of gallons of chemicals spilled into the Delaware River (laughs) into literally a source of drinking water. So they're telling Philadelphia residents only drink bottled water. But then they said, oh, but you're good until Monday because it's going to take that long until the water that has the chemicals in it actually makes it into the tap, makes it into the system, the drinking system. Like, I mean, you could not pay me a million dollars to drink that water or or even to wash my clothing in that water. And remember East Palestine, you know, like no need to worry. There's no toxins in the air. And I feel terrible for the people in East Palestine. I don't mean to make light of this in any way, but it's like people are growing like a third arm and the government is saying, listen, everything is fine. Yes, there was this massive explosion of chemicals. I mean, just smoke, uh, chemical smoke billowing into the air, East Palestine, and people are like 
coughing up blood. And yeah, look, three arms are better than two. Yes, we know you have a third arm, but we don't think it's connected at all. And anyway, is it so bad to have a third arm? And besides, it's really just climate change. Climate change is what's causing people to have all these health issues. So I just I do not trust the government on this for even a, a moment. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu, and look, there's a lot of stuff going on in Israel. I know people are asking me. We have not, we have not gotten into. Look, that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, we need to dedicate a couple of shows to everything going on in Israel. I mean, it, it's chaos. It's complete bedlam right now. The pro, the protests back and forth, and the judicial reform and everything else. And yes, I'm following that, but it's like we have a whole different focus here. So those of you who have asked, you know, can we focus on the Israeli political discussions, debate, bedlam, mayhem, chaos? We should. We probably should. I don't know. You know, we'll keep an eye on that. But meanwhile, uh, focusing more on Iran and that side of things, Netanyahu, not the not the internal domestic um, issues going on in Israel. So Netanyahu says that he's ready to strike Iran. And, you know, he means it. Uh, unlike Biden, I- Israel says that. In, and this is very interesting because they are literally monitoring. The Israelis are monitoring, as we know they do. They're monitoring exactly where the Iranians are in terms of uh, uranium enrichment. And they're saying, listen, and they're not giving an exact red line because they want to use their discretion. But they're saying, listen, you cross a certain line and we consider you, we determine that you're a nuclear threat and we are going to take down your facilities. So fascinating. The the Iranian enrichment of uranium right now, the Israelis are saying if it goes above 60 percent, 60 percent, because 60 percent means they're literally days away from nuclear capability. So the Israelis are saying that's it. You go above one shred above 60 percent and that's it. You're toast. We are going to strike your facilities. Now, you may recall there is they, they have gone above 60 percent. They have enriched uranium to over 80 percent. The Israelis have said, no, 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 that was a tiny, tiny little minuscule amount. That doesn't count. So they're, they're looking at the amount of uranium enriched. That's pretty Pretty fascinating that the the Israelis, as you'd expect, are basically telling the Iranians, and thankfully Netanyahu is in charge right now, and not you know some of those other leftists who are going very soft on Iran. So the IAEA last month confirmed that the inspectors found particles of enriched uranium up to eighty three point seven percent. That's in the Fordow underground nuclear facility. So they confirmed eighty three percent. So the Israelis re- re- replied to that, yeah, but that's particles. That's a very, very minuscule amount. And you know the Israelis must have people embedded in these nuclear facilities, which is pretty amazing. So here's the deal. Here's the here's what we know is according to that report, the Iran Iran's uranium stockpile is uh, right now eighty two hundred eighty nine pounds. It's terrifying, by the way, eighty two hundred eighty nine pounds. But it's for peaceful purposes. They just want it for nuclear nuclear power plants. You know, eighty two hundred eighty nine um, pounds of uranium, of that 192 pounds are enriched up to 60%. Now, 60% is just a short technical step away from the 90% weapons grade. It actually takes much longer to enrich the uranium from 20% to 60% than it does to get from 60 to 90. 60 to 90 is a much faster process. That's where things get scary. So what the Israelis are saying is, listen, 60%, we're going to leave it there. The minute it goes above, you know, one tiny shred above 60%, we are going to strike and uh, like I said, the 84% purity, they're saying that's not a trigger because they didn't actually s- store any uranium at that level. Pretty amazing. And so we'll keep an eye on that, that 60% threshold. Meanwhile, uh, the Israelis say that that message has been conveyed to the Iranian, to their Iranian counterparts. They say the Iranians are aware of this. So it sounds like they're telling the Iranians, listen, we know where you are. We know you're weeks away from a nuke. 
stop right there. And if you go any further, we'll attack. And of course, the Iranians know, like I said, it's not like Biden threatening where he's just going through the motions. I mean, Netanyahu will attack. He's done it before. Uh, The Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, the pitifully named Inflation Reduction Act. Well, we now know not only did it not bring down inflation, reduce inflation, it's literally Orwellian. It's 1984 Ministry of, of Truth and Ministry of Peace. Right. Which uh, which is really the ministry of lies and of war. So you have the Inflation Reduction Act, which not only does not reduce inflation, but it increases inflation. But they can't call it the Climate Change Act because they can't tell the truth on that, obviously. So they literally call it the Inflation Reduction Act as as, it's it's gaslighting. There's no other word for it. It's gaslighting the, the, the American people. Anyway, so now we know the total cost. They lied about that. No surprise. According to Goldman Sachs, this is Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs is not like a right wing. They're, they're, they're a financial firm. And they say that the Inflation Reduction Act is costing the government $1.2 trillion, $1.2 trillion in tax dollars, which increases inflation because all that money being added, pumped into the economy is actually hurting, is actually making inflation worse. Biden promised that it would cost $321 billion, which is way too much. That was egregious. But it's actually costing $1.2 trillion, and it did not in- reduce inflation, obviously. This literally was a climate bill. This was a climate bill disguised as an inflation reduction bill. And like I said, it has only boosted inflation. It's totally disgraceful. And finally, Secretary of State Blinken has confirmed that there are Americans who are detained in Afghanistan, thanks to Biden and that pullout, that botched pullout of Afghanistan. There are literally Americans who are detained right now. There are many who are trying to leave, who are like stuck in Afghanistan, but then there are some who are actually still detained. And he actually, Blinken, uh, admitted to this during House testimony. So now that the Republicans are back in charge, you're actually getting the truth out of the Biden administration. Blinken confirmed several Americans remain detained by the Taliban after the botched withdrawal. His comments came during during an exchange with uh, Republican Congressman Joe Wilson of South Carolina during a hearing on Thursday, House Foreign Affairs Committee hearing. He said, quote, there are several Americans being detained by the Taliban. We're working to secure their freedom. It's terrifying. And nobody discusses this because they're so busy with Alvin Bragg and, and, and that nonsense. The families have asked that we protect their identities. Um, we don't speak publicly about their cases. So these poor families and these poor people who are detained by the Taliban, thanks to Biden. And then Wilson said, all right, but how many Americans are there total waiting to get out of Afghanistan. And to that, and he didn't say a number, Blinken, of how many people are detained, but he said that there are 175 Americans that the U.S. is in contact with who are stuck in Afghanistan. 44 of them are ready to leave. We're working to evacuate their departure. Anthony Blinken, that's going to do it on this busy Monday, and we will see you next time.